0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to TheDestinalProds.com, movies and television podcast. As always, I'm Dead. I'm Jumper Day, we have Caveman. Aloha. Still on rascal this week, I believe the Outback ate him.
1: At this point, I'm starting to wonder.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're here, talking about stuff. Probably not going to be a super long show this time. But anyway, Caveman, you said you had a thing. I
1: have two things. Ooh. Uh, I have started watching Super Sentai, and we got permission <laughs> from Dead to talk about it on the show, even though it's Japan TV.
0: Yeah, but it's still TV. It's not anime.
1: Yeah. Um. Obviously, being a Power Rangers fan, I started with the Sentai that started Power Rangers.
0: Jew Ranger. And that is a Jew... It's Jew, right? J-Y-U? Not Jew, G-E-W? I thought it was...
1: Z- Z-Y-U Let me see if I can't Oh, Z-U it real- Yeah, it's like Z-U Like A-Z-U
0: Okay, just not, There wasn't As far as I'm aware There's not There's not yeah, been a team of it, Jewish Super Sentai Rangers
1: No, no There is not a team of Jewish Super Sentai Rangers Though that would be interesting Yeah, just, um, We need to form the Mega Minora <laughs> Star of David Power <laughs> Attack <laughs>
0: They have a super dreidel.
1: Who would the sixth ranger be no. for that Um ben? So, watching Jew uh, Ranger, I could see why Saban selected Jew Ranger. Saying that, I hate that they selected Jew Ranger. Jew <laughs> Ranger's plot boils down to this Hey, Pandora's kidnapping kids! Hey, let's go stop the kids from getting kidnapped. Hey, let's learn some vague life lesson that doesn't actually make sense. Yeah, sounds like Power Rangers. No, that is not Power <laughs> Rangers. Power Rangers mostly uh uh Rita, Rita Repulsa and the, the American uh, de- uh targeted the kids. <laughs> like as in the rangers not children.
0: No, there was that one time she targeted the juice bar because they didn't invite her to a peace conference. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> How do you not invite me, the mistress of evil, to your peace conference? No, I think it was Lord Zed who did that. Either way, the voice works. Yeah. Jokes.
1: But, um, I, there are some things I like about the show, and I'm going to do those first. Uh, one thing that I really like is there's these, an- these there's these moments of stop motion animation where like it's the putties reforming after being destroyed, which is really interesting to see because well it's not something you often see. Yeah. <laughs> it's something it's something wholly unique to Jew Ranger as far as I'm aware. It might be it might have come from another Sentai originally, but like I don't see that in American animation. Very often,
0: yeah.
1: Um, the other thing that I really like about this show is, um, do you remember uh, the guy who did all the uh, did all the clay work for Rita in um, in uh, the Finster. American show? His name is Puri Puri Khan In in the Sentai. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, and 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 Bandora says it in the best way. It's like, puri can! Every time. It's so adorable. I love it.
0: It sounds like the chorus to an Indian th- sounds like the chorus to an Indian pop song. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> um but like every oh, what, time I what, hear okay, it, what? it perks me up a little bit because it's like, oh, like, that's the only part about this, like, character that I actually am interested in, is hearing his name, because it's so fun to hear said.
0: Yeah, and hey, here's oh. something that I kind of just learned. What? I did not know that Finster was German for dark. Okay. Just, it's, it was weird to me. I, I, I was looking up just Finster stuff to find out read more, read more on Finster, and then just the first thing up, just, Finster, German for dark. Hmm. Which, like, man, good name for a villain, not the best name for this villain. No. Because he is, like, in the comics, maybe, but in the show, he is very much like a fucking grandpa who just happens to make monsters. Like, he fucking looks like a Scottish terrier with elf ears. <laughs> oh, don't even get me
1: started on the uh, fucking elves and fairies and shit. This show is very firmly rooted in the fantasy, whereas Power Rangers was more the sci-fi. Yeah, and good lord, do they look weird!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Bernie texted me a bit about this. uh, Just, I guess Bernie was the one who asked for permission. Yeah, I guess for those out there wondering, um. These series, I believe, are all now streaming from Shout Factory. Uh, not all of them yet, a chunk, but they are streaming currently. a good chunk of them from Shout Factory. Yeah, Shout Factory, fucking, they're putting in the work, man. Yeah, Shout Factory is awesome. But yeah, and so Bernie started talking to me about the series that happened that happens after Zou Ranger, uh, Die Ranger.
1: Oh, I'm getting to that one. I'm getting to die, Ranger. Okay, good. Just I like I have notes. Birdie told me about some stuff. Oh yeah. Like there there is one particular episode that I want to talk about, and it's because this episode dealt with overeating in a very interesting manner. Wait, what? Um, do you remember the demon pig
0: from Uh from
1: Power Rangers?
0: Yeah, the one that was just like a pig head with the centurion helmet.
1: Yeah. Um apparently that's Cersei. The sorceress. Wait, what? Yeah. That's what they named it. Oh that's another thing. All the monsters are Dora something. Like you have the Dora Minotaur, the Dora Sphinx, who is my favorite character because he's like the Riddler. Yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, you've got the, you've got Dora Cersei, which I guess implies that they aren't the original creature, but something made by Dora, which I suppose makes sense to a point.
0: Yeah, it's her twist. It's, she remixes these monsters and then puts her own little fucking name on it.
1: But, um, like... The Dora Sphinx had, in my opinion, the best plan of them all, but, um, so anyway, back to the terrible plan, Dora's, uh, Ben plan is I will ruin their relationships by she wanted to ruin people's relationships by taking their food. Because she had heard one person say that my familial bonds are when I eat with them. And I got super annoyed because, like, at first it was like, Wow, this is a really positive message about eating. Because the fat kid's like, Oh, it's okay that I'm fat. My parents say that being fat just means you're happy. And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, don't feel bad about being fat, kid. And then it's like, Oh, fatness. Let's make fun of it and over-exaggerate things. And I just, like, I groaned, because there is actively a scene where one of the kids, like, there's a kid who w- was fat, and he is forced to go without eating f- for three days because the demon pig is eating all of his food for three days? <laughs> and he's lost so much weight his clothes don't fit anymore. Which is nonsense, as someone who has actively gone without eating to try and lose weight yeah. can
0: tell you. Yeah, I... I haven't actively done it. It just kind of passively happened because I don't manage money well. But
1: like, it, it started to feel like it was turning into an episode about the dangers of of excessive dieting. Because Bandora couldn't power up her monster because she didn't have the energy because she wasn't eating. Which is really interesting and confusing at the same time to me. Yeah, this show sounds fucking weird. It is very weird, and I don't actually recommend it. Okay, I do not recommend Ju uh, Ranger for the exclusive reason that it is far too simplistic and childish. It's goofy, silly, and a little dumb, in my opinion. Um, it—I actually think that Power Rangers was better. Now, then we get into the thing that I I'm mad at Power Rangers about, and that's Die Ranger.
0: Yes, Bertie sent Z. me a string of texts last night just screaming about Die Ranger. Die Ranger is the shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so Die Ranger for anyone who's only watched Power Rangers, the White Ranger suit from Mighty Morphin came from Die Ranger. And the Zords for when the white rangers around came from die ranger and they wasted an opportunity because die ranger is just the right levels of dark to be entertaining. And I say that because while a lot of the plots still revolve around children, as far as we've gotten, we've only gotten about four episodes in. We'll be continuing to watch. D- we stopped Jew uh, Ranger at episode ten. We'll be continuing to watch yeah. Die Ranger. And f- anyone who tries to tell me to go back and watch the Green
0: Ranger saga, I might do it. But okay, and I'm I'm just looking at fucking, uh, fuck goddamn uh Shout Factory's fucking lineup of shit. <sighs> Jesus Christ, these fuckers yeah. have everything.
1: Yeah, I'm watching. Sh- I'm going to be on Shout Factory a lot. In the coming weeks, um, yeah, but they, have, anyway.
0: they have fucking like 1980s screwball sex comedies, along with fucking like weird sci-fi series I've never fucking heard of. I know, right? With old-school MST3K fucking riff tracks. Shout out to Shout Factory. Yeah, reboots My heart goes and out then to fucking you guys. you guys are amazing. Eight goddamn Sentai series. Yeah, and they're gonna keep adding more. Yeah, like I'm just looking at them. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's fucking uh, Turbo. Like, let's, let's, I'm just, I'm just going to be listening to the fucking uh, goddamn Power Ranger series that these these Sentai series inspired. Uh, yeah, so it's fucking... Yeah, they got, All of Mighty Morphin. Yeah, they got fucking both Mighty Morphin series, uh, Turbo, Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed Rescue, In Space, Zeo, and the Alien Rangers. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And also The Prisoner. It's a weird collection of things. Um but like okay, so I want to I'm going to describe what I feel are the important bits from the first episode. So we meet our red ranger, he's acting as a cook's assistant. He's taking out the garbage. We see his little sister come up and then Tentacle Hentai. <laughs> Like, seriously, a tentacle just launches out of the bush, wraps around the girl, and drags her off. No, yeah, Bernie mentioned that. There was a
0: lot of tentacle shit in that first
1: episode. Yeah, no. The whole first episode is just, like, tentacles. Um, And, oh oh my god, this is one thing I really like about the Sentais. The monsters have a human form. And it makes it creepier. Because the first villain is Baron String. And his human form is a small child playing with a yo-yo, singing an incredibly depressing song, just standing there. Is he staring Which, at you? like, it, it took me a minute to realize that that was Baron String, and I was like, that's Baron String! And Birdie was like, holy shit, you're right! And then the next time we see him, he is looming over Red, playing with his yo-yo. <laughs> just like oh my god that's actually they made a child intimidating and I don't mean like come play with us Johnny intimidating I mean like okay you're, you're a creepy little fucker
0: aren't you when he like dropped the yo-yo did it just did it just keep going or was it just like regular playing with the yo-yo regular playing with the yo-yo would it have been creepier if, if you just see that kid play with the yo-yo he drops it you just hear the sound of it whirring but it just never moves that would be
1: interesting just this, just oh. this small
0: child standing there, holding his hand out, just fucking stiff. It's like yo-yo just dangles there, rolling forever. But,
1: it's really got that like C class horror movie feel to it, you know, like that not quite good enough to be a B a, a B movie horror movie, but still creepy enough to make you go, okay, yeah, cool. I'm watching. No, oh, yeah, I get you. Um, this show, I, I, there's, there's like. The Jew Ranger had a lot of two parters of what we watched. This one, like, hasn't had as many, but like unlike Jew Ranger where I felt like they were just stretching, this one I'm like, oh my god, it's a two parter, we have to watch the next part. I can't believe they filled two episodes with this. This is amazing.
0: I know you're saying Jew Ranger, but it keeps sounding like you're saying Jew Ranger again, and I just keep (laughs) thinking back to just fucking the six rangers being the super Hasidic.
1: Another thing I really like the uh, morphers. I love the morphers. Um they're kind of they're kinda of like the Xeonizers. Uh that they're fairly complex to get open, so you know they had to practice a little bit given how fluid they are. Yeah. But it just works very well. It's not super overcomplicated, but it works. I like it. I really like the morphers. I like the costumes. It took a second for me to be like, eh, but I like them because they've really got a martial arts, gee going a feel going for them. And that's really a central theme for the episode. Cause literally the first episode, the master uses key to nearly kill the red Ranger.
0: Yeah. Just for anybody, uh, just for like trying to give reference. Uh, so remembering the white Ranger, how he had like, you know, all white suit and then the black little like shield kind of thing over it, I guess little like vest thing. Uh, with everybody yeah. else, it's kind of an inverse of that, where the white bits are the primary colors of their suits—you know, the red, green, whatever—and the and the black bit is just a white vest kind of thing. Yeah, and it looks really good. Yeah, it's really solid. And and like and everybody's I helmet could, has these. I could these, immediately uh,
1: identify the martial arts from based on the um, you know, based on the uh, helmet designs. <laughs> like, we were calling out what the martial arts were, and I was like, ah, oh, drunken monkey! Drunken monkey! Yeah, yeah, I love drunken, yeah, drunken yeah. monkey! Yeah, everybody's
0: helmet has these like little, has like little gold flare in the front that just kind of leads back into a black line with the helmet color, and yeah, fuck, that's, that's a really good design suit.
1: It's a great aesthetic, and I'm so mad that we never got this season, now, because instead, the instead monsters got, are really interesting, too. No, it's that we just got the
0: fucking White Ranger, and then everybody's like, oh my god, Tommy Oliver's so good! Oh, oh, sucking his dick. There, there's also a lot of, um,
1: from my perspective, genital references. <laughs> uh, okay, so there literally, like, I believe this is like maybe the second episode. Um, Red, I believe it's Red, one of the Rangers, is fighting one of the minions of the season, and he spins his rod up and smashes some guy's testicles. So hard, so many times, I'm pretty sure he turned the person into a woman. In real life. Like, both Birdie and I had a physical, visceral response where we just crossed our legs and held our crotch for a few minutes. Also, is the White Ranger a child? Yes. Haven't gotten that far yet, but yes.
0: Okay, I'm just, I'm looking up stuff about it on the fucking Ranger wiki.
1: Like literally I wrote in my notes, why is this so good? <laughs> <laughs> but like the villains seem to be based out of testicles. I mean balls. Um and then, like, so far uh I'm gonna I'm gonna do the villains in order uh from like least important to the best in my opinion. Um the the next one that we got is like possibly one of the darkest plots so far. And that was the uh, purse monk, who is a handbag, that shoots out faces, mm. that turn you into his puppets. So he can sacrifice you. Huh. Yeah. And, like, in his human form, he's a basketball player. And Bertie and I were like, why a basketball player? Why a ba-? And then I was like, oh, it's because the heads are basketballs. He can palm a face so that he can throw it at you as, the, as his human form.
0: <laughs> he, can rip, he can rip his head off and then just straight dunk on you.
1: Well, he doesn't remove his own head. He has, like, weird heads that come out yeah, of the didn't bag. say he removed
0: his own head. said he removed other people's heads.
1: Oh, yeah, no, he doesn't remove...
0: Uh. Yeah, just like, just like yeah. All the rangers are around, it's like, we're here to stop you, purse fucker. And then as the civilians are running away, he just grabs them, rips their head off, and then just starts fucking just, like... And just, like, breaks their fucking ankles.
1: And he captured one of the rangers... <laughs> Serious. And I was worried. Oh god. Like this shit happened in in Jew Ranger too. They captured some of the rangers. And I was like, they'll resolve it by the end of the episode, if not before. Oh wait, this is the first part of the two-parter. Oh well. In this I'm like, "Oh my god, are they going to get her or are we going to get a new pink ranger?" <sighs> I was genuinely concerned for Pink. Uh, But no, they rescued her. And then we move on to the final villain that I have seen. And before we talk about that, we have to talk about the main baddies. These guys don't fuck around. It's not like with Rita and Zed or with the Machine Empire or any of that. These guys get in the rangers' faces and smack them around. Oh. And I do mean SPAC. It seems like their special ta- attack is grab by throat and bitch slap into submission. <laughs> <laughs> like this shit is amazing, and I, I, I love this show. And like, the, like the the reason I bring this up is because this next villain they actually do help a little bit. Um, he is the he is the key jester. Um. And his special ability is he sneaks into children's rooms at night and steals their souls.
0: Yeah, no. By
1: unlocking their chest and their pull, lipo- And it's an okay effect. It's not an amazing effect, but it's an okay effect, which is surprising given the budget of this show. Yeah, I need to watch this. Yeah, you do. You really do. Die Ranger is amazing, and if you want to do a let's watch, I am up for this shit. Uh we'll see. A more
0: Ranger Rambles thing,
1: but no. Like the, the my only problem with this is there seems to be like it. I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but uh... Let's see, the bad guys dress in leather daddy harnesses, there's a lot of rods and balls flying around, seems to be a lot of testicle jokes and sex jokes, just whether they intended it or not, they're there. Like, that's my only, that's the only complaint I have. I'm going to assume
0: I, not. I'm going to assume that the people making this show didn't sit down and go, how can we cram as many testicles in this as possible? It is, this is Japan. Yeah, but they, yeah, and that's kind of my, that's kind of my defense against it, too. Like, this is Japan. They don't necessarily, like, they don't necessarily think, like, when somebody says, hey, rotten balls. Somebody in Japan might not necessarily think, oh, yeah, dicks, like we, like we do over here in North America. True. True.
1: But there's so many balls. And what's with the bondage outfits on the villains? Come on.
0: Ah, that's just Japan, man. You ever play Final Fantasy anything? true. That's hell, very true. Hell, there's a fucking comic I read that is literally about BDSM and one of their running jokes is they'll occasionally just have a panel. They'll occasionally just have like a little strip of Final Fantasy villains and then the bleed dominatrix going, okay, are we sure this isn't for an S&M con? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, anything else? Nope, that's it. Alright then. So I have some stuff. Uh, let's start off with the thing I want to talk about the most. Uh Death Watch. So Death Watch is a World War One horror movie. Uh it was released uh like think like a little over ten years back. Um full disclosure. I heard about it uh, through Ryan Hollinger, who's a YouTuber who does like video essays about movies and shit. And it's Good. Okay. Like not not like super great or anything. Like the like the special like it has a some of the character stuff isn't that great and the effects work isn't terrific. But it it manages to sell it by by having this really like claustrophobic, like this is really fucking like claustrophobic. All su- all sunken in, horribly depressing, oppressive setting that works for what it's going for. So the movie is a British and I believe German production. Uh, It's about a, it's about a platoon of world war one British soldiers who somehow find themselves in a German trench. Like the beginning of the movie, it starts out with a, with a very, very cheap battle. Like this movie doesn't have like the best budget from the looks of it, and this first battle kind of shows it because they're trying to do. It it looks like like so it's it's going over the top. They're just going over the top of one of the trenches to go fight in no man's land, and it's just fucking explosions and everybody dying. And it looks like the, and it looks like it was filmed with about twelve people.
1: Oh, that's fun. That's actually something about Die Ranger is like we can tell when they just didn't have the budget.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, and, like, like, there are some bits where, where like, a mortar goes off behind somebody, and they just lay down. It's it's like a a guy in, like, a machine gun or something, just, and there's an explosion behind him, and he just goes, oh, no, and lays down. But, yeah, then, and, yeah, so, after after that, there's, like, a a gas attack comes in and just kind of sweeps over the thing, and then it cuts to the next day, presumably— because they're fighting at night all of a sudden it's daytime and they're all wearing their gas masks running walking through a forest of some kind just a bombed out forest and they find them and they find themselves in a german trench uh, they they stumble upon it there are three german soldiers in there and all of them are like barricaded up on against this one wall and just screaming at them in german but none of them speak german hmm. so two of the soldiers die and one of them is kept alive as a prisoner and they and they start like trying to and they start trying to, you know, like cordon off this trench and get and get in contact with their allies. And I'm gonna get a bit of spoilers because like yeah, I mean like this movie is a bit this movie is old and not very many people have seen it, I don't think. Because like the first time I heard about it was in that fucking video. Which is which is a shame, but yeah, I'll just get into that. Yeah, so they like get into this trench, and as they begin exploring it, they can't figure out where it ends or how to get out of it, other than just going over the top. And so, and so, as so they uh, so they begin like you know blowing out blowing out um passages so they can just like cord it off so it's just this one single area that they can easily maintain. And as they're going through it, they find that the entire place has been fucking destroyed. There are just dead bodies fucking everywhere. Some of them are burned. Some of them are desiccated. Some of them are just fucked up, like, wrapped in fucking barbed wire tied to poles. There are rats everywhere. Um, All of their, like, all their, like, base, all their, like, equipment and stuff has been completely destroyed. All the maps are torn up, and any ones that are not torn up are so water damaged that you can't fucking do shit to them. Their flags are destroyed. Any, like, protection from the rain has been torn to shit. and then the weird shit starts happening as sometimes they'll sometimes they'll just be like hang out doing whatever and then they'll hear the sounds of encroaching german soldiers and mortars dropping but nothing happens as the sounds get louder and louder as it's just as it's just like this fucking this trench is trying to drive these people crazy hmm. uh, yeah there's one soldier who uh, who got like shot in the spine and so he is completely paralyzed from the neck down.
1: Oh god, that
0: sucks. Yeah, and they're out of morphine. Oh oh no. And the that oh it mmm Won't spoil that, because fuck it's good. The payoff with him, it is really fucking good. Yeah, like the main focus of the movie seems to be on this uh is on this uh young soldier named Charlie Shakespeare. Uh he's played by uh, Jamie Bell, who anybody who saw Fant Four Stick, he's the thing. And yeah, he's just this, he's a young he's a young kid who uh tried to who like pretended to who pretended uh, he was like lied about his age to join the war because that's what they did back then. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's so yeah just these so it's uh, Shakespeare and his little fucking crew of people which includes Andy Circus is as a as a character from a World War 1 comic book Like Andy Circus he has like these weird dog tags on a furred vest and his main weapons of choice are a pistol and a spiked club And he, just fucking, and he just fucking runs around just screaming, fucking just smacking dudes' heads in. He is really into murder. Uh, the Spiked Club would be a trench club. Okay, but it's like, it's just like a fucking Billy Club with nails hammered into it.
1: Yeah, that that's a thing. Like, that's a thing they actually did. Well, okay then. <laughs> yeah.
0: I did not know that. Mm hmm. Anyway, uh,. So yeah, just, and that's just the movie. The movie is just fucking, they're in this trench and it is constantly raining, rats everywhere, like the fucking, it's just mud and shit and cold as they are trying to figure out how to get in contact with their allies, how to get out of this trench and what the fuck is going on as they all slowly lose their minds and start dying. Some of them to each other, some of them to ground barbed wire that just kind of rolls up like snakes.
1: That's horrifying.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, the, the, movie, the movie can be the movie is very much like, "Hey, war, like war is hell, but it's like in a more literal sense, because you get to the end of it, and it appears like this trench is like a judgment area, almost. Like that's, that's the implication of it, because the German soldier who is left alive, he. When 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 he when, he get, to, when he get to like the end and Shakespeare's the only one left, he, he res he goes out and rescues the German soldier because uh because Andy Circus was had, had tied to a tree in no man's land and was torturing him. So he cuts him down, brings him back, uh goes to uh Shakespeare goes to get his other fucking troopman and the soldier, who turns out also speaks French, and Shakespeare speaks French, so they were able to like kinda bond that way. Uh, Shakespeare gives him a gun and says like, "Hey, I'll be back for you." goes off, g- goes against other allies. And then the climax of the movie kind of happens. and then and then Shakespeare, after that happens, meets up with uh, the soldier again. The soldier starts speaking English and essentially says, like, essentially says, like' is like, like because of your actions here, you're the one you're the one who's able to you're the only one who's able to get out. And so he, and so Shakespeare climbs out and walks off into the fog because the, because the entire movie fog has been surrounding this entire fucking trench to the point where there is like basically nothing outside of the fog. And then a new group of soldier comes along and they start threatening the German soldier again, who then just stares dead to camera. Yeah. The entire thing seemed like just a weird little testing ground to see, if they had been if these people had been corrupted by war and too much to be let into heaven or something which hey that's a fucking idea but yeah if you guys just to fucking see this movie i highly recommend it it is a it's a really solid low like not super low budget but like low enough to notice horror movie that does what it's doing effectively and I think more people should know about it. So check out Death Watch if you get a chance. It's solid. Uh, Also rewatched The Breakfast Club. Because I just kind of was sitting here thinking like, I should watch The Breakfast Club. So I did. No real reason for it. There's nothing really prompted. I just kind of thought I should watch The Breakfast Club again. The movie is still fucking incredible. Just, I, that, it's so fucking good. Can't really say anything else, mo- anything else more about it because I've already fucking talked about it at some length before on this show. But yeah, fuck, it's good. Uh, moving on from there, I watched two shows. I finished off season one of The Orville. Yeah, Orville got like way more Star Trek than it was at the start of it. It was already pretty fucking Star Trek. Like the i, like a uh, the ideas of the the, the ideas the episodes uh, got a bit more heady, I guess. Like the seri- the season ended with one of the characters becoming the god of a society. That advanced like 400 years every 11 days.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. Like they like they roll up like they roll up into the, the in the place and it is, it's like really fucking medieval shit, and so and a little girl sees Kelly, um Adrian Pilecki, uh, her character as and then trips and falls on a rock, hitting her head open, like like getting a little getting a little like, cut in her head, so. Kelly goes over and uses, you know, space technology to just kind of heal up that cut. Then the planet disappears. Come back, and it it comes back 11 days later, and they go back down, and the society has advanced a lot to the point where they now have, like, fucking big cities and and have, like, an established religion around Kelly as their god. And their justice system is essentially hey you committed a crime i'm going to slit your wrist if kelly deems you worthy of su- if kelly deems you worthy of forgiveness she will heal your she will heal your slit wrist if not you will die yeah that's wow yeah and
1: that is way more cerebral than i expected from this show
0: and it gets even better i think like, to me, at least it does. Because because uh, Kelly goes and actually talks to the fucking Pope. She, like, approaches the fucking space Pope, uh, Kelly Pope, and says, Hey, I'm Kelly. I got proof. Fucking watch this shit. Slits her fucking hand open and then uses the space tech to just fucking heal herself. Everyone's like, Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You're oh, God. What? Okay, yes. Fucking hi, God. What's up? And then she just explains to him. She explains to the fucking Kelly Pope, like, Hey, I'm not a god, I'm just a person. We just have fucking technology. Watch, you do it. And then shows him how to use the fucking heal thing to heal up or heal up his own wounds. And then she says, Hey, spread the word. Tell people I'm not a god. It just stop killing people in my name, please. And then the Pope decides to do it. He decides to tell people the truth. And then one of his cardinals kills him. Yeah, that's actually something along the lines I expected. Yeah, so he can keep that shit going, and that is fucking great. Then, then, then when the next time the planet comes back, it is uh, 21st century. It's you know Mm -hmm. today, and it is a lot of talking heads on news and stuff, and talking about how like people in Syria equivalent are like killing people in the name of Kelly, or like a Fox News thing where people are talking about like people are debating about the about whether or not it was, it was right to have a reenactment of the first healing in elementary school. (sighs) Yeah. And then you get to the very end of it and the society has advanced to the point where they are actually beyond the current universe. And they, and they show up and go, hi, Kelly, we know you're not a god. You're just a person, but we just want to say, don't feel bad about this, man. Like, like, yeah, we appo- Like, yeah, it's it kind of sucks that we use your image to do all this stuff, but we would have found somebody else to do it anyway. All this still would have happened, just in somebody else's name. Just, it. The show has a weird take on religion. Surprising, I know, coming from fucking Seth MacFarlane, but still. Like, like another episode they have was a uh, where they focused more on the Krill. They're kind of Klingon equivalent, I guess. Yeah. And there was a line of dialogue in there where they say, where like a person says, as this, as a civilization gets more and more advanced technologically, their adherence to religion lessens. But the Krill aren't like that because the Krill are dogmatic toward a toward this religion toward this religious text they have, where they believe that. They are divinely chosen beings, so that they should have so that they should have everything the universe has to offer, even if it belongs to other people. Does the krill believe they are on a holy crusade, any like anytime they go out and do fucking war shit against the federation or whatever it's, or whatever it is, they believe they're on a holy crusade. And oh man. Oh, it was so good. That fucking episode was so good. And, the, and the, thing got even, the thing they also got better at that I didn't think they would be, that I didn't think they would even try to do is reincorporation. Because, uh, like, like this show felt largely episodic at the beginning, where, like, an episode would happen and that would be it. It would just be its own little self-contained thing, then c- roll credits, move on to the next bit that takes place Sometimes before, sometime before or after this happened. Who the fuck knows? But then they, but then they started reincorporating things where like in the episode where Isaac, the robot cuts off Gord's leg. He grows a new leg. Then that Krell episode, he gets stabbed in the leg and screams, oh, come on. That's a new leg. (laughs) Or there was an episode where Isaac, the robot uh, again, he and he, him, the doctor and the doctor's two kids end up crashing on a planet while on their way to a resort planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as they get there, uh, like, the kids develop a strong bond with Isaac. Isaac uh, actually begins taking, like, like, learn, like, his whole thing is, his whole thing is, like, I'm on the ship to learn more about human relations. And so it's him picking up mannerisms of the doctor trying to deal with their fucking kids. Mm-hmm. Because their kids are fucking assholes. <laughs> you know, like kids are yeah
1: standard fact kids suck
0: yeah and then and then like a couple episodes later we fucking just see the kids and there's like oh fucking Isaac's here oh, awesome and shit like that just small little things that kind of add up and give this sense of the show actually having a progression and the characters growing which is neat oh, we got we got another episode that's kind of a I th- this this is an episode trope that I've seen before that I'm not sure how I feel about. So, security officer, uh, who is a young woman like fucking twenty years old or something, but she's from a, but she's from a race of people that have super strength whenever they're not on their home planet because of gravity, mm-hmm. you know, John Carter shit. Yeah, she she uh ha- she like the entire show has been having like she's been kind of. Iffy about whether or not she thinks she deserves to be in the position she is because she's head of security for a fucking for a fucking fleet ship. And she is the youngest member of the crew. So she's like, eh, I don't know about any of this. And in, in one episode, there's they get like the ship gets damaged and a crew, a crew member gets stuck underneath fucking this giant metal girder. So she runs down to go stop to go grab it. The only way to get to it is to go past these fucking things. They explode and shoot fire and she freezes and that guy dies. And so and so the episode is about her. Just not knowing whether or not she is like actually trying to resign from the position. Cause she doesn't think she's worth, to, worth being in it. So she puts herself in a simulation where she has to run through the most heinous, horrible shit that any of the crew members are afraid of and try to, And tried to get out of it and deal with and like learn to deal with fear under intense situations and stuff. And I'm not sure really how I Mm -hmm. feel about like stuff like that. Of I'm in a simulation the entire time. So blah. Well, see that
1: like so long as like it's made known to the audience from the beginning, and they actually use it to explore the characters.
0: That's the thing. It isn't. No, it isn't. It isn't Uh. isn't known to the audience from the beginning. It's kind of a reveal around the halfway point. And it's also kind of weird because how, because how he sets it up is he is Isaac builds the simulation where, where, um, Alara, she has to, she has to, she, she, she like goes into a situation where like, she doesn't know what's happening. There's all kind of horrible shit happening. And he builds it based off of the fears of the rest of the crew, not off of her fears, off of the fears of the rest of the crew. So like the thing that starts it off is a clown. Like, she's just walking down the fucking corridors one day and then looks down one of them and there's a clown standing there staring at her. And just fucking bum rushes her. And the clown turns into, like, some weird fucking Laphosaurus clown monster. Uh, there are parts of the ship that just open up into nothing. Uh, a giant spider shows up and eats Gord. And then and the, and then the entirety of the crew, like, everybody on the ship Disappears. And she has a fucking death match with evil Isaac. Which were all taken again from the other members of the crew, not her. Her whole thing was fire. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the, uh, it's an episode that I feel like has one of the early problems of it doesn't get Star Trek enough, I don't think. Because, like, the whole thing of being put in a simulation, not knowing you're in a simulation to help you deal with your own fears and stuff because of inadequacies, that feels like a Star Trek kind of thing to me. It really does. It feels like something, like, hmm, it feels like something post-emotion chip data would do. Yeah, but then having it, but then but having, having the simulation built around superficial level fears of other people. Like, like it, it's, it's the most, like, surface-level shit. Like, oh, I'm afraid of if everybody disappeared one day. I'm afraid of spiders. Like, the fucking clown thing. Um, The reason that, like, the reason she, like, the reason there's an evil version of Isaac was because, uh, was because, uh, Brutus, I believe his name, the, uh, sc- the fucking Ridgehead male guy person. Mm-hmm. Bordus, that's his fucking name, Bordas, Because Bordus is afraid of a fighting of an opponent stronger than himself. So then, Isaac, he's strong, right? Ooh. The weirdest episode to me, though, is the episode where they bring back the guy that Kelly cheated on Seth MacFarlane with. That blue alien guy from the first episode who fucking sprays shit out of his face. Mm-hmm. He comes back. For like an entire episode. And the episode's kind of about rape. Oh, yay. Not super overt. Okay. Okay, I'm not the best judge of this, but... So... The blue guy's species, when they get into heat, they exude a pheromone that attracts people to them. And makes them want to fuck them. Oh, no. And it's implied... That That's the reason Kelly cheated on Ed. That is not cool. Then you get into the episode proper, and this guy fucks Kelly. Then he fucks Ed. And also at a certain point, there is this fucking snot, mucus thing that goes around the ship, uh, voiced by Norm MacDonald, who ends up getting some of this dude's fucking pheromone in his gel shit. And so he fucks the doctor that he's been trying to do since the beginning of the show. Like, to a creepy degree. So then he fucks her. And I don't know. I It's, it's a weird goddamn episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what... Dope. I don't know why, what, I don't know what. I don't know what. But yeah, like, as the series started off a bit rough. The series started off a bit janky of trying, I mean, feeling like Star Trek, but trying to force in comedy for the sake of Fox. But as the series progressed, as the season progressed, the comedy got more hit than miss. It got it got better paced. The Any joke that they had like that ran a long time that ran like for a while felt like it had an escalation for running a while. It wasn't just the same joke over and over again. Like uh, like one of the starting bits of the like one of the starting bits, of one of the episodes was uh was the crew feeding a bunch of bullshit to Bortis because it turns out Bordis can eat anything. Like it starts out. He just grabs like a fucking handful of wasabi and just fucking downs that shit and it's fine. So it's like. And then he's like, yeah, I can eat anything. So he, so they hand him a napkin and then a shoe and then glass and then a cactus. And then it ends and then never comes up again. And I thought that was fine. And there was another, another joke they had that was, that was actually in that Alara episode with the fear thing that was really stupid that I really liked. Uh, so Gord and uh, the other helmsman guy, they come into the fucking hologram room with powdered wigs on, old timey, old timey clothes, holding flintlock pistols. They see everybody in there. And it's like, oh, uh, I thought oh, we had we had the we had the hologram room booked for three. It's like, oh, fine, why don't we even fucking make the thing? Then the scene continues. Then the end of the scene, Borde shows up wearing that same outfit. and comes in. And it's like, am I early? Cut. <laughs> the humor got better it got more well integrated and there are, there are actually episodes that just don't have jokes in them really it got way more Star Trek as the season progressed and so now I am super looking forward to season 2 oh god I fucking I never thought the day would come where I'd be giving this much praise On a fucking Seth MacFarlane project. Here the fuck I am. The Orville's kind of great. Last thing I'll talk about is something that I have talked about a bit before. uh, But I'm giving it a second chance now. Uh, The Man of the High Castle. So this is a... Amazon original based on a book that takes place in an alternate history nineteen sixties America after the Axis won World War II. Like the like the Nazis, they invented the nuke before the the Americans, dropped it on Washington, and then just fucking bulldozed and took over the majority of the country. Meanwhile, the West Coast is controlled by the Japanese. Meanwhile, the Rocky Mountains are just the Wild West. Lawless, nobody controls it. It's all fucking nightmares. And it follows like a little resistance movement as they're trying to get copies of and like disseminate this fake movie that shows the Allies winning World War II. It's called like the Grasshopper Lies Heavier or something, some kind of reference to a poem or something. Yeah, it's just this little it's just a little fucking thing about a propaganda movie that shows an alternate history. That's that's that this is an alternate history thing that has its own alternate history in it. And it's really fucking weird. But for the most part it's it's fine so far. I got like, a couple episodes into it, and it has an interesting world. I like the way that they're like kind of incorporating some stuff. Um, There's a bit in the first episode where like one of our characters is pulled over by a cop, and as just kind of standing there talking to the cops, being all like real jovial and shit. It's like, but, you know, just a regular old like fucking middle America cop, like just kind of sheriff mm-hmm. dude. But he's wearing a Nazi armband, and then just kind of, and it starts raining ash. And it's like, oh yeah, it's the hospital, you know, just burning old crippled. Birds in the state. You know how it is. Here's a sandwich. Is that kind of... The kind of shit just showing, like, Americana with... Nazism? Which, for some reason or another, people have been thinking about a lot recently.
1: (laughs) No comment.
0: Yeah, I... This show was made before a lot of this shit started happening, or at the very least, it was be, it was it was made before this shit reached the level it's at. And coming into it now is probably not the best idea, <laughs> considering how like there are like there are the, like there are some shows out there that I actually just can't watch a lot of unless I'm in a certain mood. Like Black Mirror. I really want to get into Black Mirror, but I just, I'm not in that right, horribly depressed mood yet. And this is a, it feels like a similar kind of thing where it's like, oh, American Nazis. What a novel concept. (laughs) I can't even fucking finish that joke. But it's, I think it's still an interesting show to watch. At least for me, I, I'm finding it interesting. And yeah, I'll keep up with it. Uh, third season is coming out in like a month, so maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to catch up by then. Uh, but I will say that it's kind of unfortunate that A there is an intro sequence to this show, and B I knew so much about it because. The show begins with actually a pretty good like drop. It starts out with one of our main characters in a theater watching, you know, it's like the beginning like newsreel thing before a movie starts, and it's just talking about you know America. We got like you know st- standard like World War II style shit. Like you ever watched like Captain America: The First Avenger? Any of those like news, mm-hmm. like, any of that news, like that newsreel shit? And one, one of the beginning sequences of that movie. Where she's like, little Timmy's doing his part. Just like that. And just runs through the entire thing and nothing seems that different about it. And then it cuts to footage of it and we see the flag roll back and instead of the stars, it's a swastika on the American flag. As a man with a very clear American accent goes, see Kyle. Like that would have been a really great drop and a way, really great way to actually like start your show off. But they had to start beforehand with showing, like, hey, here's Statue of Liberty, but it's like Nazis now. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to try to stick with it this time. Anyway. That does what I've been watching. News time stuff. So, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 fucking... That ain't happening right now. After that whole fucking hullabaloo of shit that's going on with James Gunn and half the fucking cast just like saying they'll leave. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which was set to go into pre-production recently, uh, that's on hold now. Just... Production is not happening until they sort this shit out. Yeah, this comes from the Hollywood Reporter, uh, where sources are telling them that there's crew members uh, who were being, you know, getting ready to fucking get set up for pre-production are now just being dismissed and are now free to look for other work. What the fuck is happening right right now, man? Well, Disney's
1: overreacting, freaking out, and it honestly spells damnation for two huge parts of their uh, movie licensing. Because there's another comedian who happens to be very important to one of their movie franchises that may have been, you know, incredibly offensive and and racist in their early career. Which one's that? Sarah Silverman, voice right. of
0: um, yeah, voice Penelope. of Penelope. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> this is not going to end I was, well. I was,
0: I was, I was, I was like, kind of, I was still thinking in the Marvel side of things. Nope. But no, yeah, like, dude, fuck anything. the entire goddamn company. Like, have they not seen a Disney movie before? Disney has a long history of horrendous racism. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, like they keep trying to bury it,
0: but we keep saying eh, Song the South you guys still is a- pretty racist. Song of the South still exists. Dumbo still exists.
1: The there, life of uh, Walt Disney
0: Wal- still exists.
1: Yeah, Walt Disney's uh, vehement hatred of the Jews still exists.
0: There's still that Donald Duck cartoon where he is a Nazi. Like seriously folks. And yeah, I know the context it's of it thing. is like a dream or whatever, but given how people think and think that you think these days, context apparently doesn't matter anymore.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's literally just people being oversensitive, and then Disney getting afraid of said oversensitivity.
0: But it's not people being That's oversensitive. It but it's not people being oversensitive. It's fucking actual racist, retarded, moron people finding these tweets from people they don't like, and then sending them to corporate people saying, "Hey, this guy's a racist." This was started by the guy who got a pizza place shot up because he thought there was a sex cult in it. Oh god! That's a that's a sentence I said that happened. <laughs> yeah, fucking Disney rehire James Gunn for love of fuck.
1: Pull your dicks out of your asses and make ga- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh god! Like seriously, I would genuinely be surprised if there was if there like everyone on twitter like if you went back through their tweets if there was one person who had never te- posted anything that was even like vague like could be vaguely misinterpreted as racist like they put made a post about liking monkeys and somehow it got it got like put up next to a photo of black people god that 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 one still hurts
0: yeah Yeah, fucking everybody, no matter how fucking like Jesus Christ. This is the goddamn world we live in, man. Just if you don't like a racist, other racists will try to destroy your career. Oh, God. So yeah, we'll keep following Guardians of the Galaxy stuff because we're fucking cheap. Still, fuck, God damn it.
1: Seriously, goddammit.
0: Anyway, moving on. So. Doom Patrol. The live action series. Fr- coming to DC Universe fucking whatever. Uh, they've just cast another member of the Doom Patrol. A fairly important member. Uh, Dr. Niles Calder, a.k.a. The Chief, the leader of the Doom Patrol, and the guy who put together slash created the Doom Patrol in the first place. Woo. He, he'll be played by Timothy Dalton. Uh, former former James Bond and also the bad guy from Hot Fuzz.
1: I loved Hot Fuzz.
0: Yeah, he was he was the guy who ran the grocery store.
1: Oh, yeah! Wow. It's been a
0: while since I watched Hot Fuzz yeah he is yeah he's the chief in the upcoming fucking Doom Patrol show that also has Brendan Fraser god this show is gonna be fucking weird and probably terrible I mean I've we've yet to see a trailer but we've seen fucking Titans Titans was the first foot forward for the fucking DC Universe TV series Uh. and it looks like it was made by a fucking 12 year old
1: Look, mommy, I shot a trailer. Oh, we're never showing that to anyone.
0: Oh, honey, we're never shopping at Hot Topic again. (laughs) Here, listen to some sunny. Listen to some fucking Sunny Bono. Yeah, I. I cannot see this fucking show. I cannot see. Sorry, I cannot see this fucking platform surviving that long cuz the only thing this platform really has going for it is the fact that Teen Titan is the fact that Young Justice will be on it and that's not really a that's not really a going that's not really a thing going for it it's more a thing it's holding hostage yeah I want to take bets on when DC universe DC universe is going to fold.
1: Uh, I will give them sixteen months from the launch of um uh, from the launch of Doom Patrol. Sixteen months from the launch of Doom Patrol.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say there'll be a small spike around the time that uh, Young Justice comes out, but then. Young Justice will be incredibly pirated, and then the, the then the then the platform will last another about another year. So about a year from launch of of Young Justice season three. So I'm giving them slightly longer than you, a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll be playing this by Price's Right rules. Whoever gets closest without going over. Which means that if it takes even less time, both of us lose.
1: That's not fair.
0: To who? To me, I want (laughs) to (laughs) win. You could win. If it goes longer than both of our things, you win by default.
1: Yeah! I want it to last two years now. I'm still betting on 16 months past Doom
0: Patrol. All right, then. Anywho. We'll along. So, Henry Cavill, famed swole motherfucker and mustache haver, has been cast as Geralt of Rivia in the upcoming Netflix adaptation of The Witcher series. I might actually watch that. Because I'm interested in The Witcher
1: series. I just don't want to play the games because I feel they're overcomplicated. You can read the books. True. True. I might watch the Netflix series first to see if I'm actually interested in the world, so that I don't waste my money on books that I don't actually want to read.
0: Yeah. So, uh, for those who don't know, uh, The Witcher started out as a series of short stories uh, by a Polish author. Um, it then developed into a novel series, and then also developed into a video game franchise. It also has comic books, all the tie-in shit. Uh, it's all surrounding a uh, Geralt of Rivia, who is a Witcher. He, uh, Witchers in this world are monster hunters who go through alchemical and magic mutations to their body that give them weird fucking animal eyes and superhuman abilities Uh, Geralt is kind of a big deal about them and I do not know when this is actually taking place because from what I understand the games take place after the books We're after a certain book, I think. I, I believe that I believe there's a point in the books where like a uh, Geralt and Yennefer, like fucking get a unicorn and go off to some fucking other reality thing, and then in the games they come back to reality. Whoop! There goes gravity. I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. That's just, just fucking confusing. But yeah, so uh, the series is uh, coming to like I said, Netflix. Uh, kind of being developed by a woman named Lauren Hisrich, who on Twitter said that uh, said that Cavill was kind of the first meeting she had at, for this for the role, and was kind of super down for it. I was like, yeah, he seems like a good fit. I'm not 100% sure about it. Like, I haven't really gotten a super good grasp on if Henry Cavill is a good actor or not. Because so far, all I've seen him in is the DC Universe. And it's kind of hard to tell if he's a good actor from that. Because I can't tell if anybody's a good actor in that.
1: That's very true. That's like trying to tell if someone's a good actor from Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah, it's a- <laughs> yeah so... We'll see. Uh, and actually, there's been a weird bit of fucking kind of backlash, I guess, to the to, to people, to, to to her choosing Henry Cavill. Like a lot of it seems to around the fact that he's too bulky. It's, it's like, I, I saw some people's, um, I saw some people's like fucking response to this. And a lot of it is like, no, he fucking talks to this stuff. And then other people are like, Geralt's not that fucking ripped.
1: Geralt's pretty ripped in the in the games.
0: Like, like, like he like he he has like a he has, he's built, but he's not like Henry Cavill built. Because Henry Cavill. Can
1: you send me a pic of Henry Cavill so I can div, uh, finalize my opinion? Because uh, unfortunately, one thing that I have seen about The Witcher is Geralt pretty much naked.
0: Yeah, it's not hard to see that. <laughs> no, Witcher three starts out with that. Which starts out with you between his legs.
1: Ah, I think I think that's okay. I think that's acceptable levels for uh uh Gerald. I mean, like he'll have to slack off on his crunches for a little while, but he'll be fine.
0: Yeah, like uh him in, him in a uh, immortals I think, is a much better like idea of what Geralt should kind of be going for. But most people see but most people see him as Superman and as and as the guy from Mission Impossible Fallout.
1: Yeah, I I think like if he just slacks off on his crunches for a couple weeks, he'll be fine. Maybe he has a couple donuts.
0: Yeah. Stops getting them gains.
1: He'll be fine. Like he's got the right build for it. And from what
0: I remember He is an okay actor. Yeah, again, all I've seen him in is fucking Man of Steel shit, and... Yeah, he's not the worst part of those, by any stretch. No, but he also doesn't... Better
1: actors are the worst part of those. But he
0: also doesn't stand out at all to me. No. Like, that's the thing, like, yeah, he's not the worst, but he's also not a thing I really register... Like, I could be watching a cardboard cutout of Superman reading the worst dialogue ever. And that would be more notable to me than Henry Cavill. So, that's kind of where I'm at with this. Just, I don't know if he is, I don't know if he's the right choice or the wrong choice yet. We'll see. Yeah. Moving on there's going to be a Die Hard 6. Cuz apparently Die Hard 5 didn't kill the franchise hard enough. I Remember Die Hard. Yeah,
1: I remember Die Hard.
0: That was a really I remember good enjoying
1: movie. Die Hard 1 and 2. I remember I remember enjoying Die Hard 1 and 3. I might be remembering 1 and 3.
0: Yeah, Die Hard 2 was at an airport. Die Hard 3 was with Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm remembering Die Hard 1 and 3.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Die Hard 1 is like a near-perfect action movie. And Die Hard 3 is a really good sequel to one of those. Die Hard 2 is kind of Die Hard 1 but worse. Die Hard 4 was fine, wasn't really die hard to me but it was fine uh die hard 5 is cancer like not like least of which like least least of that movie's problems being the fact that fucking Jai Courtney is a lead in it I never thought I would hate a man for so little as much as I hate Jai Courtney okay <laughs> that's the thing he's not horrendous he's just so nothing that he makes me angry he's like the R.I.P.D. of people <laughs> like R.I.P.D. feel, free to, feel like, RIP...
1: free to watch R.I.P.D. on Death Door Pros
0: <laughs> yeah R.I.P.D. thinking back on it technically there's not a whole lot wrong with that movie but that movie pissed us the fuck off it was so dull there were so many good ideas that just got wasted. And that's Jai Courtney. <laughs> Jai Courtney is just this just this person that on a technical level there's nothing wrong with him. Hell, he might even be like a nice person. I don't know. I any I've I've actively avoided interviews that have involved him, and any that I have watched, it's just white noise with an Australian accent.
1: <laughs> oh. oh man! Anyway, yeah.
0: So, Die Hard Six so is hostility. Yes, Die Hard Six is just going to be called McLean, and it'll be about a uh, sixty-year-old John McLean interacting with a twenty-year-old John McLean or something. Who the fuck knows? Uh, fuck this fucking movie. These I'm movies should exist.
1: I love. I love all our old action stars, and I want to keep seeing movies with them. But please, Hollywood, pick some new action stars. And I'm not talking about the guys who are in the, like, action movies that actually, like, make me think. I want some dumb action movie stars. Like the 80s. I need
0: another Arnold. Like, Yeah, I... I just want—I just want like our old action stars to look like they care again. <laughs> they can't. They're in their sixties and still doing stunts. Then fucking put them in a fucking period drama or something. Have Bruce Willis do a reboot of Moonlighting. <laughs> Get him and Sybil Shepherd back in there doing fucking weird goddamn Shakespeare shit where they're mispronouncing character names. And then just fucking go have him Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn like dig up Goldie Hawn's corpse or whatever and then have him redo Death Becomes Her. That's a semi recognizable marketable name that some hack could reboot. Fuck man. Just take our old action stars. Let them do other things or fuck it. Let them sleep. Yeah, that's a thing. Fucking pay pay Harrison Ford and Bruce Willis to be corpses. Let them go on set. Let them go on set for like fucking half scale. And just let them sleep on set. Just fuck it, man. <laughs> let that be the fucking social security benefits for elderly actors. Just if you get too old to be an actor anymore, but you still need to make money, become a corpse. Then people will go, people still get to go, oh, my God, that was Harrison Ford. Was Harrison Ford. But, then, but then fucking Harrison Ford doesn't have to pretend he cares anymore. Not that he ever did in the first place. I remember there's a fucking gift set or like an interview out there somewhere that I was doing with Conan O'Brien where we're like Conan. where like people where like Conan's like asking him to give him any new information about the new Star Wars movie. And then Conan, and then Harrison Ford's like, hey, you got 20 bucks. So, Conan gives him 20 bucks, and Harrison Ford goes, I hear they're making another one. <laughs> Harrison Ford has hated Star Wars for as long as he has been in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, he really doesn't. He No,
0: he, he's not a fan. The only time I've seen Harrison Ford act like he actually gave a shit was in the movie where he got to die. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, it will never end because Star Wars fans are the worst fans.
1: Mm, I think Star Trek fans can be pretty bad too.
0: They're less vocal now. Like Star Trek fans can be pretty bad, but they aren't. But they aren't as fucking autistic, screech loud as they are as Star Wars fans are now. True. Like ever since Disney's came back and said we're gonna be making so many much so much more Star Wars shit, you guys will be fucking drowning in it. Ever since Kathleen Kennedy fucking pulled out a script that's a Star Wars episode 8 and scratched off George Lucas's name. These people have been fucking coming out of the woodwork like goddamn termites. I feel like I'm too mean on this show sometimes to people. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of mean sometimes.
0: Like, not undeservedly so, but still. Um, like fuck, Star
1: Wars. I'm fans. not as bad as those screeching uh, so and so so on and so forth, but I am a I am a Star Wars fan and a Trekkie at the same time.
0: Yeah, and you're fine. You're just you're a regular fucking fan. You're like, hey, I like this thing, but it does stupid stuff sometimes. You will not you will not fucking get a goddamn full back tattoo of Emperor Snoke after seeing an image of him in a trailer. Yeah no, that's that's weird. You are not a you are not a character from Fanboys. Do you ever see Fanboys? No, I've never seen Fanboys. It's pretty all right. It's it's like a road trip comedy movie about a bunch of guys who try to break into the Lucas Ranch to see episode 1 before it airs in theaters. Okay. And it's, just kind of, it's kind of just making fun of the like super hyper fandom, and it, it ends on like one. It ends on one of the fucking best notes I think, where they get to the, where like I'm not, I'm not gonna like get into like the full thing, but a bunch of the characters are going to go see the movie on at its premiere. They're all fucking dressed up and whatever. Fucking one of them is a Slave lay. one of them is fucking R two town, whatever. And they go down, sit down. the one, one guy turns to the other and is like, "Hey, what if it sucks?"
1: <laughs>
0: oh if only they knew yeah that's the entire joke the entire joke is they're doing all of this fucking insane shit to see the goddamn phantom menace they, they also they also get into a big fight with uh like seth Rogenson. he plays two different characters one of them is a leader of like a trekkie circle he leads like fucking trek tours around that place where they have that statue of kirk
1: there's a statue of Kirk.
0: Yeah, there is a there are there are some Trekkies that believe that Gene Roddenberry was a prophet who predicted the future, and that they and they have erected a statue of of off-brand William Shatner fighting off-brand Ricardo Montalban in this in the town where it is said that James T. Kirk is born. Ew. Yeah, and so Seth Rogen is there as the lead guy of that. And they shit on him, but they also show him as a Star Wars fan who is just this fucking drunk asshole who has a tattoo on his stomach of Jar Jar Binks and Anakin Skywalker. They take shots in both hurt. directions in this movie. This makes my head hurt. Just check out Fanboys if you get a chance. It's it's not bad. And then finally, uh, from Entertainment Weekly, we get our first look at Brie Larson in the Captain Marvel image in the Captain Marvel fucking suit. Save the image for that. And Yeah, fucking shocker! It looks. It's fine. a good design. Yeah, it's a design that looks pretty much just kind of straight from the comics. So yeah, it's, it's fine. There's a weird amount of hype behind this fucking movie. Like, I kind of get it, but at the same time, I kind of don't. I, mean, I think it's mainly just because I've been fucking following the comics. And so, I've gotten time to fall in love, have a really great run, and then grow to hate Carol Danvers as a character. <laughs> Because I I fucking I've read I've read pretty much the entirety of Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel from the point she becomes Captain Marvel to the end of Civil War II. Wow,
1: yeah, that's a character arc for her.
0: And so like I'm it's like I'm kind of just like really kind of nonplussed about this movie, but at the same time, I really want to like Carol again.
1: And this Mm -hmm. is a and
0: this is a Carol that hasn't been civil warred yet. Oh, fucking God. Like anybody out there who's only, who only knows Marvel from the movies, Civil War was a good movie. It was not a good comic either of the times they tried to do it.
1: No, it was a very bad comic. It and they only, a- tried to do, uh, they only tried to do it again because the movie did well. They were like, now, yeah. now we shall do it. Now we shall do what we always wanted to do and make the fans hate us even more.
0: Yes, I know. Let's take a character that people love and make her terrible. Let's also fridge half our fucking cast. They fucking. They fridged. They fridged War Machine and She Hulk for the purposes of making Carol Danvers worse. They killed Rhodey in a single panel in a flashback and then had She-Hulk be in a coma before getting PTSD.
1: Um, just so the people who aren't watching the comics podcast know, fridging is when you kill someone close to a character exclusively for the purpose of making that character feel things. Yeah,
0: it's... It's kind of, t- it's kind of taken from women in refrigerators, and this trope is largely killing superheroes' girlfriends for the purpose of making their male heroes feel bad and motivating them to do other stuff.
1: And but, uh, the term literally comes from a, a woman, woman got the woman
0: got killed and shoved into a refrigerator. Yeah, she got like folded in half and put in a fridge for no reason other than we needed Kyle Rayner to go fight Major Force. But yeah, it's 2018. We're woke. Men can be killed. Men can be killed in just as extraneous a matter as women. It doesn't happen as much. But, we're taking steps. (laughs) This is what equality looks like, people. Women and men can be folded in half into refrigerators. But anyway. Yeah, fuck, I don't know, man. Anybody out there, don't read Civil War anything. Like ever. They're they're bad comics. If anything, if David Marquez, the artist for Civil War II, ever decides to sell some of his pencils, buy those. Cause David Marquez's art is the only fucking thing good about Civil War II. <laughs> Support David Marquez, not Marvel. <laughs> That man is a phenomenal Next artist. Next
1: week we see David Marquez uh, advertising the sale of his pencils.
0: And I, and I don't and I don't mean like his actual
1: pencils. I mean like pencil sketches. No, I mean his actual pencils. <laughs> I knew what you meant, but I was like, no, it's his actual pencils that are on sale now. He's like,
0: here's my stub of an HB2.
1: I've been saving them just because they have memories, but I was told I should sell them by this nerd on the internet. Ha <laughs> ha!
0: Yeah, this fucking this fucking jackass who was really mean to Star Wars fans. <laughs> like, like a kind of fuck you, and B, I could probably get some money for these, so I'm selling these for two hundred dollars. Uh, half the profits will go to go to help support comic artists who got fucked over by their publishers. Turns out there are actually a lot of charities out there that are specifically about comic book creators who got fucked over by the publisher.
1: Oh, this is actually something that, like, this is a uh, public service announcement to authors who've had their, uh to artists who've had their art stolen, or authors or anybody. Let it get used after you've copyrighted it, and then complain, because then you'll actually get money. If you do it before they've sold anything, you're not going to get much, you're going to get like 50 bucks, like, oh, sorry, we used shit in advertising. Like, if they actually sell your shit, then you can get real money.
0: Well, that's kind of the problem with, like, the big two publishers. Anything that you make for them, it's theirs, not yours.
1: Yeah, but, like, uh, people on DeviantArt get their shit stolen all the time, so I'm just, like, public service announcement for them.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Another news, on to new releases. This week, week of September 7th, we got The Fucking nun you fucking
1: none. I've been waiting for that movie for ages. I
0: was just going to make that fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, this is the fourth, fifth movie in the Conjuring Cinematic Universe. Because that's a thing now? Oh, man. Remember the Conjuring?
1: No. No, I don't.
0: It was apparently pretty solid. It was just like a really well put together horror movie. That is now spun off into. Sub series and other weird shit. That's about explaining what they came up with for the conjuring. It's pretty much any monster that shows up in the conjuring. They're getting their own movie at some point. There have been okay. there have been two Annabelle movies with a third one currently in production. There's The Nun and then there is the upcoming film The Crooked Man. Which is based off a character from the Conjuring 2 called The Crooked Man. I I don't understand. I like genuinely don't understand
1: at least it's not the bye-bye man
0: the baby man
1: the baby man
0: who the fuck thought that was a good idea like at any point in the fucking production
1: birdie and i were talking about it the other day just exclusively like it might like the slender movie might not be as bad as the bye-bye man and then birdie was like no no i've i've seen reports that it's worse (laughs) i was just like what oh my god (laughs) because <laughs> apparently like they had to cut everything that was actually like interesting about a horror movie from the slender man movie
0: yeah because that because the because of the unfortunate things that happened around that so, hey question do you have showtime streaming no okay i will look into that but i could potentially get like potentially get us to go hey let's fucking watch what I mean, October is coming up. You want to watch Fade Dunaway set herself on fire?
1: Not really, but in a, a stark sure. metaphor
0: for 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 thoughts in this movie.
1: Not really, but sure.
0: Do you want to want you want to watch a fucking high, you want to watch a fucking college student try to stop try to get try to get rid of any mention of the Bible Man by printing things off and then and then scratching things out on the print offs? That's a scene that happens in the movie. He goes to a library, p- gets copies. I don't I don't I don't want to watch the Bye bye Man again. I
1: gets, really hope you don't find gets, a way for us to watch it. He gets copies. The movie was so dull. Like literally, Bertie and I were like, we won't need alcohol for this. Bitch. Literally, first five minutes. We need alcohol. But it's so expensive here. No man, you should you oh, should have well.
0: fucking got alcohol the second you decided to watch a movie that was titled The Bye Bye Man. We thought it'd be funny. That's, that's, other, that's another fucking thing. How many steps? How many fucking? How many fucking rungs of the production ladder did that movie go through with the title "The Bye Bye Man"? And then, how many people said yes? That is a good title for a movie. That is a best idea. Who the what the fuck, man? And I'm pretty sure this lady, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check this. I'm gonna double check this. So that I'm not just talking about my ass. Because I'm going to shit in this lady. I'm going to shit in her proper.
1: Dead man's talking about proper bloody diarrhea here. Yes. Not no
0: half-ass shit. Word. So this is uh from Stacy Title, Who... Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is the right fucking person. All right, so yeah. Another, a different movie that she made. Um, was an anthology movie called Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. Oh, God, no. Which is based on a comic book and draws inspiration from stuff like Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Hood. A Spike Lee joint. But yeah, so it is... Snoop Dogg is in it. I believe he plays the role of the crypt keeper. Yeah, no,
1: I, I just, I have to say this because I'm, you're, you're giving, you're causing me pain by making me remember this. I watched this during my BET phase. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. And like most of the horror movies that they tried to put out, not all. There were actually some really good ones on BET. It was not good.
0: God. well praise your lucky stars there is no legal way to watch hood of horror thank the gods no just wait one day you're just gonna get a fucking you're just gonna get a usb drive in the mail <laughs> mail me a dvd damn
1: you dead man also, damn Birdie for giving you my address.
0: <laughs> you're just, just going to wake up to like a knock on your door, go check it out. Just a 40 with a USB drive in it. It just says, watch me.
1: <laughs> just some old then English. I some you old English a, then I message
0: you via Discord.
1: The 40 destroyed the USB. I don't have to watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, man. I didn't. Nah, I I mean, saw Saw 7. I know how to fucking protect shit and corrosive liquid. Just, put, just cover it in wax.
1: <laughs> now I can't get the wax off. <laughs>
0: Don't worry. I'll, I will use every excuse in the book. <laughs> I will find a way to make you watch that movie.
1: No, I don't want to watch it again. I will get Bertie so to install dumb. some
0: mirroring software on your computer so I can control it and make you torrent it.
1: It was so dumb. I don't want to see that again.
0: I will invent time travel and take you back to fucking whatever year that was on BET. I was like 16. I'll take you back to that night. You will watch yourself watch that movie, and we will record it.
1: And I will tell myself, "Hey, uh, do not agree to work for Death Door Prods." a <laughs> bad he'll,
0: idea? What makes he'll it? will make you
1: watch the worst things imaginable. What makes it think I'll let you interact with yourself? He, he'll make you watch Son of Godzilla.
0: <laughs> then, no, we, we did post that one. We, did, we didn't post Godzilla's Revenge, right? Anyway, else coming out this week: Peppermint. What? An action thriller starring Jennifer Garner. What? It currently has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. I don't know. I've never heard of this movie before, and it's coming out tomorrow. Oh, it's coming out tomorrow. God bless the broken road. <laughs> just, I just saw that fucking title, and I'm like, oh, fuck you. What? This is another one of those fucking things I can can only imagine where you're fucking doing the origin story of a Christian song.
1: Oh, yeah. That
0: movie. Oh. Yeah, this is not that. Uh, What this is instead is taking a lyric from a Christian song and using it on a movie telling the story of a lady who loses her husband in Afghanistan. Okay, that's not good. What the fuck? I just read the fucking description for this goddamn movie. Let me read it to you. God Bless the Broken Road tells the story of a young mother who loses her husband in Afghanistan and struggles to raise their young daughter in his absence. Absence, not abstinence. The film combines elements of faith, country music, and stock car racing while paying tribute to those who serve in the United States military.
1: My eyebrows what? peaked with horror.
0: What the shit? Who Who makes these I fucking movies? Who the fuck sits down and is like, yeah, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a movie about fucking country music, God, and stock car racing. Also like soldiers and whatever. And then again, who says yes who i uh-huh. uh-huh
1: they hurt dead man why do you why do you people keep hurting dead man?
0: I do it to myself uh-huh. anyway.
1: Why do the religious hate? <laughs> Why is it so mean? <laughs> Leave that man alone! Leave him alone!
0: Anyway. So. Next week, we only really got one wide release movie to talk about. Uh, that's The Predator. The Shane Black directed and written Predator reboot. <sighs> which, Ed. I don't know. I've seen trailers, looks interesting enough. I like the Predator movie, so. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Predator 2? Because everyone seems to not like that movie, which is weird. I like Predator I, 2. I enjoyed Predator I 2. I enjoyed it. Predator 2 is not as good as Predator 1, but it's like a fucking solid sequel. Yeah, I agree. It's like RoboCop 2. Not as good as the first one, but still pretty damn good. Fucking early pre-Aliens, I think, role for Bill Paxton. Where I think he like kind of nailed down his Game Over Man persona.
1: Game Over Man!
0: Game Over! Yeah, he plays that same kind of role in, to, in Predator 2, but then he also kind of mans up by trying to defeat the Predator by hocking a baseball at his face. I mean yeah, I get skinned, but still. Okay, I actually think about it now. Wearing that leisure suit as a cop is kind of is kind of a death sentence offense. But anyway, and then we also have uh, two limited release movies that look kind of interesting that I kind of want to see. Uh, so first up, Patient Zero. Uh, this is a movie starring Doctor Who and Stanley Tucci, where Stanley Tucci is. Okay, so it's this, it's this world. It's kind of like a twenty eight days later kind of thing, where, where where like people get fucking virus and then they go fucking rah, crazy, murder, murder crazy. But then, mm-hmm. Stanley, but then Stanley Tucci has it, and it's just kind of Stanley Tucci. It looked interesting from the trailers to me.
1: I feel like you're just trying to defend it. <laughs> I, I swear it looked interesting guys
0: well, no, I, It looked interesting I might, I might end up having to I might end up like having to fucking get that thing because uh, It stars Matt Smith Doctor Who uh, as Like like you know fucking wiry weird Fucking bow tie Doctor Who As a hardened military interrogator Like an American one mm-hmm. It also stars Natalie Dormer Who's also putting on an American accent Yeah, like, looking at the main cast of this thing, it seems to be mostly British actors playing Americans, and then Stanley Tucci.
1: That's that's very interesting to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we'll see. And this fucking page, there's this weird fucking ad thing that just reminded me that ABC is making a Roseanne spinoff without Roseanne. Like, after Roseanne got fucking fired for being a racist... They wanted to keep Roseanne going and are just making Roseanne without Roseanne. Okay. That's coming out next week. uh, Mandy. A movie about Nicolas Cage. What? It's a new Nicolas Cage movie, motherfucker. I thought you said it was about Nicolas Cage. It might as well be, because it's a Nicolas Cage movie, man. All Nicolas Cage movies are about Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's Nicolas Cage who goes to murder a cult. Just yeah, it's basically just like a kind of fucking You remember you remember fucking uh Drive Angry?
1: Yeah, I remember Drive
0: Angry. Imagine that but a bit more serious. No. Like like in like in every aspect of it because like the main image that I've seen for this is Nicolas Cage just covered in blood.
1: I refuse to imagine anything involving Nicolas Cage being any kind of serious.
0: Were you there when we watched Birdie? No. Okay, it was part of Nicolas Cage month. And it was him like doing like an actual real dramatic role. Like early in his career before he kind of before he kind of found his lane. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Mom and Dad? No. It's a recent Nicolas Cage movie where he is playing a character married to Selma Blair. And a radio signal gets sent out that gives parents an uncontrollable urge to try to kill their own children. Not other people's children, just their own children.
1: So it's the urge parents feel every day.
0: Yeah, but like brought to the surface. And so the movie is about Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair trying to murder two children that are ostensibly theirs while working out their own marital problems. Huh. I think that's on Netflix. That's interesting. I've heard good things. And that Mandy movie has a fucking 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. So people seem to like it.
1: Okay, cool. I might have to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I love me some Nicolas Cage just like the next guy.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, who doesn't love Nicolas Cage? Fucking communist statue. Nazis. Nazis don't love Nicolas Cage. (laughs) God. Anyway. The fact that
1: that might just be a descriptor and not just an insult it's kind of.
0: Yeah. It's not a joke.
1: It's a joke, but it's not a full joke anymore.
0: Yeah, that's kinda of why I've been sticking to communism. Cause like communism is still a joke. There's yet to be an incredibly violent movement about fucking the people. There has yet there's yet to be there yet to be armed revolt against the bourgeoisie.
1: Capitalist Scum
0: <laughs> The red scare Has yet to manifest But until then You're on blast Communism <laughs> Anyway That's gonna do it For this week Thank y'all For joining us We'll be back at some point More of this shit Until then I'm dead And I am Bourgeoisie Scum See you guys next time
1: Goodbye Have a wonderful time